0: Hello, welcome back to another edition of the Wrestling Highlights of the Week, presented by My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. I am G2. Now, for people that are unaware of what the Wrestling Highlights of the Week usually consist of, it consists of me talking about what happened on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and Impact Wrestling. But today's episode will not be that. I will be talking to you guys about what the WWE as a whole company did great from being... On Raw, the SmackDown side, the NXT side, those three uh, respective brands, what they did great. I'll talk about what AEW as a brand, they did great. From Dynamite, even to Collision, what both those shows have done great. Uh, Impact Wrestling, I'll talk about what that company has done great this year as well. And also, with talking about great on each company, I will talk about some of the cons, uh, some of the things that they could fix going into 2024 and beyond. That's what I'm going to be doing on this episode, and before today's episode also ends, I'll be giving away, well not giving away, I'll be talking about uh, my quote-unquote awards for Best Wrestler of the Year, Best uh, Match of the Year, Best Tag Team of the Year from WWE and AEW. So that's what this episode is going to consist of. Before I get into all of that, I'm going to talk about AEW World's End uh, predictions: The pay per view that's happening tonight. Uh, if you're listening to this on a Saturday, so let's start. To, let's start it off. Um, I'm not gonna get too into the pre-show matches. I'm just gonna let those ride out. The pre-show matches are a 20-man battle royal for a future AEW TNT Championship matchup. You have the FTW Championship in an FTW Rules uh match between Hook with Utah, and you have a singles matchup between Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. I'll be watching the pre-show, and I'm gonna see who wins all those matches. But I will not give a prediction to those. I'm just gonna go off to the main uh card. So, the first one I want to go off to is Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. They are in the finals of the uh, AEW Continental Classic for the inaugural Triple Crown Championship, which is the Ring of Honor Championship, the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship, and the inaugural AEW Continental Classic. Well, not Continental Classic, but Continental uh, Championship. As I say, you got Eddie Kingston going against John Moxley. I'm going to go with Kingston here. Moxley, he doesn't need this. Kingston uh he's the people's champion he's the people's choice and um John Moxley he's always beaten Eddie Kingston I didn't know that statistic until I saw somebody post that up on Twitter and I was like oh snap so that's crazy so this could be something that they could easily wove into the commentary of the match whenever commentary talks about it so and it gives Eddie Kingston this big moment That he beats his friend, finally, John Moxley. And he beats him on a big grand stage for the inaugural Triple Crown of AEW. So, this would be great for uh, Kingston. So, I'm going to go with Kingston. Julia Hart going against Abaddon for the TBS Championship. I'm going to go with Julia Hart. She just got the belt at the last uh, pay-per-view full gear. Uh, They're putting a lot of spotlight on Julia Hart. So I'm going with Julia, but I think Julia Hart and Abadot will have a good match. Uh a singles matchup for the AEW Women's Championship. We got Timeless Tony Storm going against Riho. I think Tony Storm's gonna win it because just like Julia Hart, Tony Storm just got the belt at full gear, the last pay per view against Chris not Chris Stalender, but uh against uh Sheeta. So for Tony to drop it to Riho, I think you'd be playing hot potato with the AEW women's championship. And I think that championship needs not be hot potatoed I think it needs to be pulled up into uh prestigious form like it was uh some years ago but we'll wait and see what happens there so I'm still gonna go with Tony Storm next up we have an eight-man tag matchup we have Ricky Starks and Big Bill tagging along with Kanosuke Takeshi and Powerhouse Hob going against uh Chris Jericho Sammy Guevara Sting and Darby Allen we're gonna go with uh Jericho, Guevara, Sting, Darby. Sting, he doesn't lose on pay-per-views. That doesn't happen for Sting. So, I want to go with Jericho, Guevara, Sting, and Darby. If Sting and Darby was not on this team, I probably would have went with uh, Takeshita, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Big Bill and Ricky Starks. But since Sting is on this team, Sting is going to win. Next up, the no-disqualification matchup between Christian Cage and Adam Copeland. I'm going to go with Christian Cage, because Christian Cage, he's on this run, and I think they want to show everybody what Christian Cage is capable of doing at the moment. I want, I think they want to continue to showcase Christian Cage, and Christian Cage, he's on a great run, being this whole uh, patriarchy for Nick Wayne, and he has now entourage of Mama Wayne, and we haven't seen Luchasaurus back yet, so this might be a way for Luchasaurus to come back, and we might even get Luchasaurus betraying Christian in this matchup here. And if he does that, this might give the opportunity for a new person to walk in and take the spot of a Luchasaurus for Christian Cage to be the heavy heater. I don't know who it could be, but again, I think Christian Cage and Adam Cole is going to have a good match, but I'm just going to go with Christian Cage here to retain the TNT Championship. Next up, Shane Strickland going against Keith Lee. This is a match that everybody has been kind of clamoring for since the beginning of the year because Keith Lee and Swerve, they had a falling out at the end of 2022, and they kind of had some business at the beginning of 2023, but then that business just kind of died out. Again, nobody knows technically what happened. I think it's probably because Keith Lee had some uh, personal things he had to take care of outside of the wrestling ring, like his own health. That's the reason why they couldn't finish this feud between the two at the beginning of the year, but I'm glad they're bringing it back because Swerve, he's on the ascension. He's coming close to being on top of the mountaintop and being in that main event status. Same thing with Keith Lee. Keith Lee's building himself up, and I think this would be a great way for Swerve to give kind of a rub for Keith Lee, for people to be like, oh yeah, Keith Lee is still that guy. Like, you guys still should be paying attention to Keith Lee, which a lot of people are, but uh, Swerve and Keith Lee, I think they're going to have a great match with one another, but I think we need to keep the momentum on Swerve and have Swerve win, but Keith Lee, he can easily, like... Take out Power... Not power. because he isn't in the Mogul MC. Uh, Take out Nana. Take out O'Brien Cage. and Take out the Gates of Agony, only for Swerve to kind of give him a low blow or something and have Swerve beat Lee. Again, we can have a good match between the two, but I don't think Keith Lee's going to go out like a chump. So, Swerve's going to win, but Keith Lee's going to have a great showing against Swerve. Next up, Miro going against Andrade El Idolo. I think this is going to be the opportunity for... um, Miro to do something, because Miro, he's been on the sideline. He's beaten up uh, his wife CJ's, like, wannabe associates whenever they constantly try to get in contact with CJ or they wanted her as their manager. Miro always beating them up, and Andrade, he had a great showing at the content of the Classic, and I think that let people be reminded of what Andrade is capable of. I think Miro needs to have that exact same showing the last time he had a great showing in my personal opinion was at all out against powerhouse hob when they had meat versus meat two big dudes just going against one another so i think miro needs to get this win over andrade i think andrade doesn't need the win that's what i'm getting at so miro beats andrade next up eight-man tag blackpool comic club member claudio and brody and danielson along with mark briscoe and daniel garcia going against brody king jay white Jay Lethal, and Roosh. I'm going with Claudio, Brian, Mark Briscoe, and Dan Garcia. Uh, You got too many contrasting people on the other opposite side. You got Brody King, you got Jay Lethal, you got Jay White, and you got Roosh. I think Roosh and Brody King, they probably might get into something a little bit because they're two big dudes that like aggression. You got an egomaniac like Jay White that's probably going to cost his team, and I think Jay Lethal, he might even walk out on his teammates because he might Saying, I don't need this from them. Or it might it could be the other way around. I think Jay Lethal might even eat the pen. And Jay White, he just might be the snake and just leave his teammates in the dust. Again, I don't know how they're going to pull that one off. I think the way they should do is if Jay White just walks out. But we'll wait and see. But again, Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, Marbrisco, and Daniel Garcia, they're going to get the win. Now off to the main event. MGF Samoa Joe, AEW World Championship matchup this is the match that everybody wants uh, Samoa Joe to win the title off of MGF because everybody's kind of getting a little bit tired of the whole good guy MGF Stick MGF as world champion whole deal and also with the devil kind of costing MGF his uh, Ring of Honor tag team titles this past week on Dynamite also Samoa Joe screwing over MGF this past week and he's been working with the devil all this time. Um, I think it's the perfect time to pull this lever and just give it the title off to Samojo. MGF he's held on to it for a whole calendar year. Um, his body's kind of banged up, and if he retains the title, I mean, I don't think I will have a problem with it. I think you will see a lot of people probably complain about it more. Um, I'm not gonna complain if MGF does win. I think MGF and Samojo is gonna have a good match between each other. I want these two to just go at it. The way that they can do it, um, but I want the man MGF to actually get some rest because he's talked about how his body's banged up. He wrote up an article in the Players Tribune, which is a great article by the way. If you haven't read it, go and read it before you watch World's End. And he mentions how his body's banged up, his shoulder, his hip, and he's out. He's on painkillers. That's not a way that you should be living. Um, so I want him to rest up and actually get some body recovery time. So if he has to do that by dropping the championship, do that. So his body can recover because MJF is a great talent. I want him to be around for years to come. And Samoa Joe getting the title off of MJF, this way it it won't hurt Samoa Joe at all. If anything, it just proves that MJF was a victim to a brutal monster like Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe is a monster. He's always been a monster. So I think this would be great for Samoa Joe to win the title off MJF this way. I don't think nobody will have a problem with it. But at the end of the pay-per-view, we need to know who the devil is. Everybody's saying it's Adam Cole, and I have no problem with it being Adam Cole. Hopefully it is Adam Cole, but we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, now that was my AEW World's Ends predictions. Now with that out of the way, I want to talk about the pros and cons of each wrestling company from what I saw this year. Uh for the pro for WWE. They had incredible storytelling across the board from Raw. SmackDown and NXT. All three brands had great storytelling. Uh Raw, you had the Judgment Day just like dominating Raw. You had on SmackDown, you had the Bloodline Saga, which was great. NXT, you had the developmental of everyone, everybody constantly changing. It was a changing of the guard in NXT. You had Melo becoming the NXT champion. You had Braun Breaker no longer being the big dog. Now he's just the an angry dog, just trying to attack anybody that he can do. You had the rising of Ilya taking his spot as the NXT champion, and now you got the <laughs> the rising of. Trick Williams, the sideman for Carmelo to be the next man up in NXT, which I don't think a lot of people saw that coming at the beginning of the year 2023. But look where we're at in the end of 2023 going into 2024. Trick kind of being the face of NXT and everybody loves it. That tells you great storytelling across the board again in NXT. You got so many different dynamics going there. So WWE across the board on each brand they had great storytelling. Same thing with in-ring work, wrestling, on each brand, you had great in-ring work on the Raw side, SmackDown side, and NXT, all across the brand, Uh, backstage promos, everybody did great with that, champions being promoted, again, each brand on Raw, they had the World Championship being promoted, the Intercontinental Championship, Gunther defending that belt and making that championship extremely important, Rhea Ripley holding on to the championship, just being the juggernaut of Raw legitimately throughout the whole entire year, Uh, SmackDown, Roman Reigns, him being the godfather, him being head of the table, whenever he shows up, it is a special attraction, again, that championship was being promoted, him being promoted, it was great, Uh, the U.S. championship, that had to get revitalized, it had to get a breath of fresh air with Logan Paul kind of Taking it and now you see it getting a breath of fresh air with them having a United States Championship tournament. Uh, that I'm just saying, the championships has been promoted, and the women's championship, the EO that EO basically won off of Bianca. Bianca she held it up, she promoted it throughout a good chunk of the year until uh, she lost it, and then whenever she lost it, I believe it was to who Oscar, and then. Uh, Asuka dropped it to Bianca at SummerSlam, and EO cashed in her money in the bank. The EO got the championship. Yeah, everybody was happy for EO. EO got this moment, but EO still being the champion for SmackDown for the women, she was promoting the championship. Uh, the only championship that I will say that they need to work on, I'll get to that in a minute, um, NXT. NXT, each championship was promoted brilliantly. The NXT Championship was promoted brilliantly throughout the whole entire year. The North American Championship, it was promoted literally across all three brands, on the Raw side, SmackDown side, and NXT side, with Dominic Mysterio coming in and just showcasing that belt off. It even from time to time, you had now with Dragon Lee, he's been defending that championship on uh, SmackDown and on a NXT basis. So now, again, that NXT North American Championship, I'll probably say that's the most promoted championship in all of freaking WWE, so that shows you how much they promoted that belt, uh, the women's championship, same thing with that, it went to Monday Night Raw with Becky Lynch, she came down to NXT, and she took that championship and brought her up to the main roster, they were able to promote that championship across, uh, Raw and NXT, that belt was being heavily promoted, the championships that were being promoted were being promoted, but the only championships, in my personal opinion, that needs to be promoted more, this is where, the con is for the champions is the tag team titles. The tag team titles need to be promoted more on the main roster side and NXT side. The tag team titles were not promoted as much as it was when the Usos held the unified tag team titles. When Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn won the championships, that was a great moment at WrestleMania. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. However, the after course, was not the greatest. You didn't see the promotions of the tag team titles with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens that much, as you saw with the Usos. And I give, and I'll say this, Kevin Owens and Sami didn't hold on to the title as long as the Usos did. The Usos held held on to the unified tag titles for a whole solid year. However, even though they did that, they were still able to promote it. Even though Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn won the titles from the Usos, they were not able to promoted everywhere because they were not given the spotlight to do so as much they had a great little run for what it was but they were not promoted that much i would say the most time that they were promoted was literally them feuding with the bloodline after they got done feuding with the bloodline they didn't really get to promote the championships as much until they got dropped to the judgment day then the judgment day held them they had a little brief time holding them before they dropped to cody and jay before it went right back into their hands But they haven't been promoted as much again. So hopefully going into 2024, the tag team titles on the main roster, they get promoted more. And with NXT, their tag team championships, I feel that their tag team championships needs to be promoted the same way that the NXT championship was being promoted on In 2023, the same way that the North American Championship was being showcased all across each brand in 2023, the same way even the Women's Championship was being promoted across Raw and SmackDown on, oh no, Raw and NXT in 2023, I think the NXT Tag Team Championships need to be able to showcase itself on the main roster, and hell, even give it some special matches. Cause the NXT Tag Team Titles was not really like defended in any type of legitimate special matches. It was always like a singles match or even like a uh, Fatal Four Way style match, but it was never like defended in a ladder match, a steel cage match, uh, something like that. I think that with going into twenty twenty four, I would like to see the NXT Tag Team Titles being defended in a specialty type matches, so it can give off the, pre- the prestigiousness that the NAC Tag Team Titles uh, has. That's just my feeling of that. But again, that's the way I feel about the Tag Team Titles on every brand for the WWE. And this needs to be promoted and hyped up more. Um, that's the only con that I have for WWE. But the fans were invested in every show. When you went to a Raw show, you saw it. You saw it on the SmackDown show. You saw it with uh the NXT crowd. Everybody was invested, and also with WWE as well, with NXT specifically, with the main roster going down to NXT. You got to see NXT get propped up more because you got to see a lot more main roster people come down there in 2023 and really showcase what NXT can be. You got to see John Cena down there. You got to see The Undertaker get down there. You got to see Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, um, you got to see the Judgment Day down there. I would have loved to see Roman Reigns come down to NXT and really pop the number four NXT and have the fans go, oh my God, we got to see the GOAT, Roman Reigns, down there. Hopefully in 2024, they get to have that. You got to see Cody Rose down there. You got to see uh, CM Punk. He popped up at a premium live event for NXT. Again, NXT got the main roster like shove and push this year, and it was great. Hopefully they'll continue that more of that going into 2024, so that's my pros and cons for WWE, the whole brand, I loved it, they did great business this year, they always touted that out on social media, and hopefully they should continue that going forward into 2024, and again, the only con that I do have for them, just promote your tag team titles more, that's all I ask for uh, WWE, now off to Impact Wrestling because AEW, I gotta save you for last because I gotta talk to you. Impact Wrestling, uh their pros, they had great in-ring work. You had great in-ring in-ring work from top to bottom, from your main event uh card to your uh secondary, which was the X Division or the tag team championships being defended, or even the knockouts championship being defended. And then you had just regular other matches from regular other people. NXT, not NXT, but Impact Wrestling from top to bottom, they will have great uh, matches, great cards, and I think that in a, that Impact Wrestling being a sleeper horse in the race in the American wrestling uh, companies, I think people need to put more focus into Impact Wrestling. I think that people need to look into Impact Wrestling more, and that's what I'm hoping that they do more in 2024, but I'll get more into that in a minute. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They have the best female division in America. They are able to showcase themselves more. They're able to give time more, and they're able to have better matches, in my personal opinion, than people on WWE and people in AEW. That's my personal opinion, because on Impact Wrestling, you have Jordan Grace. You have a Mickey James whenever she wants to pop in. Um, you have a Deanna Parrazo, but now her Condre done with Impact, so she'll be able to go somewhere else now. You have Giselle Shaw, you have Trinity, you have Tasha Steels, you have MK Ultra, which consists of Killer Kelly, Masha Slamovich, uh, you have Jessica and Rosemary, you have just different female talent coming into in, uh, Impact Wrestling and doing their business and they're dipping out. Impact Wrestling is that great company that you could easily just do what you want in there and then just either stay there or you can dip out and just explore the independence or even get yourself signed to WWE or AEW. Impact Wrestling allows you that opportunity, but for me, I feel that Impact Wrestling has the greatest female division in America, and I think that WWE and AEW do need to look into that more and see why they have the greatest uh, women's division in America, me personally, again, this is just me, Uh, another pro for them, the championships being showcased, uh, almost every week, if not every week, almost semi-every week, you're going to get a championship matchup, whether it be the X Division Championship being defended or the tag team titles being defended or the knockouts titles being defended or even the World Championship being defended. Semi every week, or at least I'll say once a month, you get a championship being defended on Impact Wrestling Television. That's good, again. And also, if it's not being defended, you get the World Champion, the X Division Champion, Tag Team Champion, Knockouts Champion, uh, the Knockouts Tag Team Championships, the champions... Just showing up on the show and they either have a match or they have a promo segment. They have something to let you guys know, hey, we're still the champions. Hey, we are the reason why such and such is going down. You need to focus on us and blah, blah, blah. The champions always get highlighted and always get showcased. And that's what I want from champions in a respective company. So I'm glad that Impact is still able to do that. And another pro that I said before. Impact Wrestling is a promotion that gives the wrestlers the room to experiment. If you are a wrestler that got fired or released or you asked for your whatever from a company and you get it, you can go to Impact Wrestling, you can make a whole new career for yourself. You can have a whole new rebrand. You can start fresh at Impact Wrestling and you can get your stuff off there don't believe me, look at Trinity, Trinity left WWE last year, she came to Impact Wrestling this year, and she's been on fire this whole, what, the time that she's been there, she's the knockout champion, and she's been just having great matches with everybody that she's been against, Um, same thing with Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay, he came to Impact wrestling. In Bound for Glory, he had a great match with Mike Bailey. He had a great match with Josh Alexander. He had a good match with Eddie Edwards, and he's coming back to Impact to have another rematch against Josh Alexander. So, you have that. You have the partnership that Impact has with uh, New Japan and AAA. And you have Luchadors coming from AAA. They have a good matches on Impact, and it allows the Impact wrestling wrestlers to If they don't have experience in other uh, style of wrestling, they get to experience a different style of wrestling in the ring and it gives them the eyeballs put on them from Impact to the New Japan uh, office to the AEW office to the AAA office. I mean, Impact Wrestling, again, great place for you to get a rebrand, great place for you to uh, just... Get yourself revitalized. That's all I'm saying here. Uh, so I like Impact Wrestling. I enjoy them. I hope they continue doing what they're doing. The only cons that I can say that I want them to fix going into 2024 is I would like to for them to have uh, their production stepping up more, get a better upgrade. Their staging is great, but just sometimes the camera angles need to be fixed from time to time with that uh, portion of Impact Wrestling. And I would like a little bit more storytelling, a little bit more storytelling in Impact Wrestling. Sometimes you get a great storytelling uh, component in Impact. I like the Josh Alex, not yeah, Josh Alexander that he had that at the beginning of the year before he had to relinquish his championship. He was known as the Fighting Champion in Impact Wrestling, uh, and he was about to have this match with Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin had this great uh scenario that he has been following Josh Alexander. Uh and they even had moments where Steve Macklin was behind the curtain and he would just constantly watch Josh Alexander matches and they'll show up a video of him just doing that whenever Josh had to defend his tight championship from moment to moment. And before Josh Alexander went down with an injury, you got this program and they did it. But then when Josh Alexander went down, we had to pivot and Steve Macklin, he won the championship. But then after that uh, we saw him drop the title to Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley, he's been a great champion, but storyline for him has been, okay, he's the underdog champion. Okay, he's the guy that feels that he is not worthy of being champion. I would like to see more type of storyteller from that. I like that they have the storytelling of Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham, he got tired of being the guy that constantly played the rules for wrestling he was a guy that will upstand the rules he wanted the referee to do their job and now since they're not he says screw it I'm gonna take, do, take the rules into my own hands and just work it my way I like that they have that for Josh Jonathan Gresham I would just like for more storytelling in Impact that's just me I would just name you David I just gave you two uh different storylines that Impact technically did But I would like for them to have more. Because those are the only two storylines that I do know. I would like for them to have more storytelling. More storylines. So I can remember them for the fans. The Impact can remember them. Because I feel that Impact fans will only remember the matches. I would like for them to remember the storylines that led into the matches more. That's just me. But again, Impact Wrestling. Great company. Great uh, place. But again, the cons. They just need to uh get a better production upgrade and they need to have better storytelling. Now off to AEW. AEW, they're pros. They had incredible in-ring work. I don't think you're going to have people complain about the in-ring work of AEW at all. If you want incredible in-ring work, you go and watch AEW. Period point blank. I don't think I need to get more into that. You guys know that. Uh they have good storytelling. The backstage promos, they're fine. Uh, They have signed excellent talent. I think we all know that Tony Khan, he goes on a signing spree whenever he finds out that somebody is, uh, they have been released or they're on the free market. Tony Khan, he grabs them up. He just grabbed up Will Ospreay this year. He grabbed up, uh, (laughs) he grabbed up Ozzy Open this year. He grabbed up Shibata this year. He grabbed up Adam Copeland this year. He grabbed up, Uh, he's grabbed so many people this year. And it's not bad neither. Again, he went on a shining spree. So it's good for him to do that because he wants to keep the AEW roster plenished. He wants to keep it boisterous. So I have no beef with that. Um, The fans, they always are invested in AEW. I have no problem with that. I like seeing fans always being invested into the product and invested into the characters. That's always great. Now, here's where we got some cons for AEW. Champions need to be showcased more. Now, you might say, what champions? Well, your AEW champion has always been showcased, so I have no problem with that. Your international championship has been showcased. have no problem with that. Your TNT championship, at the beginning of the year, it wasn't showcased that much, but since it got into the hands of Christian Cage, it's been showcased every time Christian Cage is up there, so I have no beef with that. Uh... The TBS Championship, that was not showcased that much at the beginning of the year. Jade Cargill, she was with AEW. And whenever she was champion, she would be on the show rarely. And again, it wasn't like a Roman Reigns rarely where you get like a, oh my God, is this not? No, we will be like constantly saying like, okay, what are you doing with Jade Cargill? What are you doing with the TBS Championship? What are you doing? Then once Jade dropped the title to Chris Statlander, at Double or Nothing, Chris Statlander, she got to be the workhorse champion. She got to be on the Dynamite. She got to be on uh, Collision. She got to be on the Rampage defending the TBS Championship. So I see that Tony Khan picked it up since Double or Nothing with the TBS Championship. So I like that he did that there. uh The Women's Championship, the main, like the AEW Women's Championship, that one was hot potatoed throughout this year. At the beginning of the year, you had Jamie Hayter. She was champion. Then she went down to injury. Then you had Tony Storm hold it. Tony Storm would hold on to the title. And then Sheeta would win it off of Tony Storm. Then Sheeta would drop the championship to Soraya at All In. Then Soraya would drop the title back to Sheeta. Then Sheeta, she just dropped the title to Tony Storm. It was hot potatoed and it was not focused on. And again, with Jamie Hader probably going down with injury, that changed some of the outcome for the women's championship and the projection and the spotlight of it. Again, injuries, they hurt a company. They hurt what you want to do as a storytelling business. They hurt it. So I'll give a little leeway for that, but only on the Jamie Hader side. Everything after that, they could have fixed that. They did not. Now with Tony Storm having this timeless Tony Storm stuff, I hope they continue on with her having that championship. Her Prompting up that championship. That's just me, in my personal opinions on that. Uh, the tag team titles, tag team titles were not showcased like it should be. It just wasn't. The tag team titles at the beginning of the year were held by the Gun Club, and then they lost it to FTR. And then there was a time where you would ask, "Okay, what are you doing with the tag team titles?" Even when the guns were holding it, okay, what are you doing? FDR held the titles. They had great matches here and there. They had great matches on Collision. Their great two out of three falls matchup with uh, Juice and Jay White, which was about an hour. They had that. Uh, They had some other matches. They had the all-in match against the Young Bucks. But the tag team division really struggled this year for AEW. I would like for them to fix that up. I would like them to fix up the tag team division there. And I would like for them to get back to the tag team division being one of the best tag team divisions in the world. Because that's what AEW had at the time in 2020, 2021, even 2022. They had some of the greatest tag teams, the greatest tag team division in the world, but just somehow in 2023, we just stopped. We just like put a whole full press like, all right, nope, we're not really focusing on the tag team titles this year. No, you need to constantly focus on the tag team titles. And now with Big Bill and Ricky Starks holding it, I want those tag team titles to be showcased more. Ricky Stars and Big Bill, they're trying to do that, but I would like for more tag teams to show up and actually try to fight for those tag team titles. It's a shame how Ricky Stars and Big Bill don't have a match of tag team like title proportion at World's End. And I get it, Kenny Omega, he went down with uh he went down with God, what does he got? Uh, diverticulitis, he went down with that I get it, that's horrible so you had to pull it off on the Chris Jericho Kenny Omega championship matchup, you could have continued with it, but you could have just had Chris Jericho team up with Sammy going against Big Bill and Ricky Starks and had the Young Bucks pull off and just attack Jericho and Sammy, or you could have the Don Callis family cost Sammy and uh, Jericho again, you could have did that I just want the tag team titles being defended. I want the tag team division being back up onto prominence as it once was in previous years. That's what I'm hoping for with that. Uh, another thing, the trios championship. The trios championship, at the beginning of the year, you were on fire because you had the best of seven series between Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and uh, Death Triangle. And then once the Elite won the titles off of Death Triangle for the best of seven, then they went off into a program with House of Black. House of Black won it off of the Elite at Revolution. And then once the House of Black got it, it would be defended, rarely, on television. You'll sprinkle House of Black in here or there on an AEW Dynamite, and they'll defend it in a House Rules match, and then they'll poof, be off TV, and we'll be questioning, okay, what are you doing with House of Black? What are you doing with the Trios Championships? And then they got into a feud with the acclaim. And the Acclaim took the belts off of House of Black at um, All-In. And then the Acclaim won it. And then, again, we'll get right back in that exact same of Vortex of saying, okay, what are you doing with the Acclaim? What are you doing with the Trios Championships? Again, what are you doing with those championships? Those championships need to be defended more. It got off on the wrong foot with the Bucks and Kenny being suspended after the whole uh, brawl out at 2022, and that kind of sent the trio championships in a different direction, but with the death triangle, they held on to them, they were defending them, they were on TV, it just seems that in 2023, the trio championships were not defended, were not seen on TV as much, and that's not good, especially for a championship that basically got brought out in infamy because of what happened, It needs to be showcased more. It needs to be held in high prestige. You got a lot of people on your roster that you can easily put people together to go after the Trios Championship. So that Trios division should be on fire as well with the tag team division. Hopefully going into 2024 with AEW, they can fix that. And they can start showcasing that. Have the Trios Championship be defended more on collision. Or have that be a Rampage exclusive. Or have that be a Dynamite exclusive. Have the tag team titles be a collision exclusive or a dynamite exclusive. Have them do something sparingly on freaking Rampage. Have those two championships be defended more and have those two divisions be highlighted more. You have a big roster, Tony. Do that. Please, for the love of God, revamp the tag team division, revamp the trios division, and also give the women's uh, more time. I see that you're doing that, so that's why I'm not harping on you like that, because you're doing it. You're starting to give the women more time. As I said, with Chris Statlin, if she won the TBS championship, she was defending it every freaking week. It seemed like it, and that was basically the women's television championship for the TBS championship. That's what it was. So I have no beef with that. You see Julia Hart, she's being on television way more. You see Sky Blue, she's being on TV way more. You start to see Willow Nightingale being on TV. You start to see Chris Statlander, who was already on TV, but starting to be on TV more. You're starting to see Mercedes, uh, uh Mercedes Martinez and Diamante, they're on TV on Collision. I would like to just see more women's matches being presented, more women being presented on Dynamite, on all these other different shows that you have, that's all I'm saying, so again, I'm not going to harp on you as much, because it just seems that you're starting to do that towards the end of the year, so hopefully going into 2024, and in the year 2024, you continue that momentum with the Women's Division, but for the love of God, fix up your AEW Tag Team Division and your Trios Division, you have too many people on your roster for you not to have a boisterous and booming Tag Team and Trios Division, it's just ridiculous, So hopefully you guys uh, fix that up. And now, the biggest con, the biggest complaint that I have for AEW, or the biggest thing that I think you really do need to fix up. And I have it written down, and it's written like this. Get wrestlers to stop talking to the dirt sheets and complaining on social media. Get an authority figure for backstage issues. There's been too many times that we have seen this year... Something backstage was done or reportedly said done, and it was reported out to the people, and you got the fans in AEW splitting everything. That's what it was. This year in AEW, it was a split down the line. You had people that will watch Dynamite, and you had people that will watch Collision when Collision came about, because Collision was quote unquote the CM Punk show. CM Punk run Collision, so you had the elite people, the elite fans watching Dynamite, and you had Punk fans watching Collision, and that put a big strain on AEW as a business as a whole, because you had the fans really going at one another because of who they favored, because of the whole brawlout situation, that was not supposed to be the case, AEW has fans that read the dirt sheets, They have fans that look into the deeper meanings of storylines. They look into your roster. They say who needs to be pushed extremely more or why is this person on the roster? If a wrestler complains on social media or even gives a little small grievance on social media at the beginning of the year, they will say, oh my God, this person needs to be fired. Especially when he talked about FTR. When Dax had his podcast and he talked about what he felt was going down this and that, when he talked about the pinnacle, and he did this and that, he would talk, and the fans would just say, oh my god, FTR bald, he's over here talking again, by god, he just wants to get fired, he wants to go back to WWE, all this type of crap, you had the fans really just going at Dax there, because again, the AEW fan, the diehard, diehard Stan fan is a person that really dives into what they're doing online what you guys are, what's going down backstage, who's booking this, what's going down, blah, blah, blah. I think the wrestlers need to stop talking to whoever they're talking to in the uh, dirt sheets. I think they need to stop talking to them so your business can continue to grow. I think that needs to continue. And I think you guys need a real strong authority figure to really get people to sit down and really hash things out, because the biggest thing that happened to AEW this year, outside of the wrestling portion, was the CM Punk situation, CM Punk, at the beginning of the year, we had no idea if he was going to be in AEW, or when he was coming back, and then once the debut of Collision was coming around, it was reported that Punk's going to come around on Collision, that's going to be Punk's show, and it was out that Punk was on Collision, Punk was going to be on Collision, and we saw that whole saga come about, we saw the little uh, shots that Punk took at the Elite because the Elite took shots at Punk in their matches with Death Triangle. And people thought they were setting up a match between Punk and the Elite. Again, the sports reporters, the uh, backstage people somehow would report, say, Ayo, that's not happening. They would talk about how Punk is still not in talks with the Elite, the Elite's not talks with Punk, all these type of things will come to out, and then we get to huh, the biggest thing, all in, Punk and Jungle Boy, because Punk didn't want Jungle Boy to use glass in a backstage uh segment on Collision, Punk said, nope, you're not doing it here, you can do that on Dynamite, you don't do that here on Collision, that was reported, again, nobody knows if Punk truly said that, but with the confirmation quote-unquote or seemingly from jungle boy whenever he was at all-in in the pre-show against hook and he taps on the window of his car he tapped on it and says real glass cry me a river and then we all know that punk and jungle boy got into it and then punk had his match with samoa joe and that was the last time that we saw cm punk in aew and with the firing of cm punk there was some crumbles left in the wake. And the crumbles that were left in the wake were a Ricky Starks and an MJF. Because CM Punk, he was already in the promo, well, he was already in a rivalry segment with a Ricky Starks on Collision, where Ricky was about to face CM Punk in a strap match at the next pay-per-view, All Out after All In, but with Punk getting fired literally the week after All In, the day before All Out, we're stuck with Ricky having no opponent you see in Ricky's face you heard in Ricky's tone whenever he came out he was said that he was so freaking upset but he's going to be a professional and that led to Brian Danielson coming out to save the day Brian Danielson stepped up he had a strap match with Ricky Starks had a great strap match you had that and also with MGF being left in the wake we were about to get the real world champion, CM Punk, going against the AEW champion, MGF. We were about to get the third match between the two. But again, that kind of went down, down the drain because of CM Punk getting fired. So again, backstage stuff, it kind of ruined AEW business. That's just the truth. They need a strong, authoritative type person. Tony Khan isn't that guy. You can see in Tony Khan's mannerism, the way that he talks, the way that he... Interacts with people at the media scrum. You can see that he is a likable dude. He just wants to his company to be liked by people. He wants people to like his company, enjoy his company. He wants to be friends with people. I think he needs someone strong in a manner, in a position to say, "I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you love me. I don't care if you hate me. This is what's gonna happen. We're gonna get." things settled and if you don't like it, guess what? You'll be sent home or you'll be fired without pay. He needs to have somebody on his on his payroll that can do that job with no emotions attached to it. He needs that. I don't know who he could have for that, but he needs someone for that. That's just the truth. Um but yeah, AEW again don't take me getting at you saying that stuff as a bad thing. Take all those things as constructive criticism. Again, you got your pros, which are incredible in ring work. You have good storytelling. Backstage promos are fine. Signing talent, excellent. Fans are invested in your programs. That's good. But again, you just got to fix out what is the negatives of your company going into 2024. That's just the truth. Now, with me giving you my pros and cons of each company, it's time for me to do my wrestling awards, which I do every year. And I want to start off with total package of the year. For WWE, I'm going with Dominic Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio was total package. He had the look of a guy that you want to punch in the face. He had the in-ring ability. He's still new to this, but boy is he getting real comfortable in his skin on television and the way that he's moving around in the ring. Even in-ring veterans will say, yeah, Dominic he's he's going at a pace that yeah, he's going to be one of the top guys in the industry down the line. And also, the fans they hate him. And if the fans hate Dominic the way that they boo him, that tells me they're invested in Dominic. So again, Dominic, he had the total package for WWE, at least for my personal opinion. So that's just why I gave him the total package for WWE that award. For AEW, it's a tie between Swerve Strickland and Ricky Starks. They both have the on-screen appearance of two stars. Period. Swerve, he has a chance to be a media star. You see him at uh, the Jacksonville Jaguar games, you see him at NFL games. He's there. You see Ricky Stars. He has the movie star appeal. I guarantee you, if he starts getting to television and movies, booking those things, you'll start to see it way more. And again, he has movie star good looks. Both of those guys, they're both good looking gentlemen. They both know how to wrestle in the ring. They know how to present themselves. And I feel they are the two guys that. Can lift AEW in a way, especially for the black community. That's just me. So I'm just gonna go again, it's a tie between Shane Strickland or Swerve Strickland and Ricky Starks for me for total package of the year for AEW. Now off to the tag team for AEW, I'm going with FTR. FTR, they held the tag team titles, they held the tag team division on their back for a good portion of this year, way more than any other tag team this year. So that's the reason why I gave them the Tag Team of the Year for AEW. And again, AEW have great tag team slots, great tag team division, but boy, they need to get it back on fire the way that they used to. So again, take that as my constructive criticism. But for WWE, the same thing I'll say for AEW, the same thing I'll say for WWE, fix your Tag Team division. Make your Tag Team division be on point, because right now your Tag Team of the Year for me is the Judgment Day is Finn Balor and Damian Priest, and that's crazy to say that, because Finn Balor and Damian Priest, when you look at them respectfully, they're not a tag team tag team like that, they're two singles guys that got put together because they're in a group, but they're able to make it work because they're in a group, and look at what I just said, they're two singles guys put into a group that were made to be put into a team, and they're the tag team of the year, and they're your tag team champions, So again, WWE, you just got to fix up your tag teams, but the reason why I gave it to Judgment Day is because they literally have been running the tag team division, at least on Raw, for the whole entire year. It's been the truth. That's just what it is, and now with them being the tag team champions, they've been able to go to SmackDown and do the same thing over there whenever they want to. Uh, They've been doing it on the preview live event stuff whenever they want to do that there. So again... The Judgment Day, they are the Tag Team of the Year. So, WWE and AEW, fix up your Tag Team Divisions Uh, character of the year. I'm going to go with WWE. It's the whole stable at the Judgment Day. Because just last year, I gave it to the Bloodline. This year, I'm giving it to the Judgment Day because they are your characters of the year. You have everybody playing their respective roles. Just basically, it's almost a wash and repeat of the Bloodline onto the Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley, she's your Roman Reigns. Dominic Mysterio is kind of like your Paul Heyman in a way. Uh, Jay Uso is your Damien Priest. Jimmy Uso is your Finn Balor. Uh, the Sami Zayn portion of the, what Judgment Day is your uh, J.D. McDonough. And they've been doing what they've been doing on WWE for this whole entire year. So that's the reason why I say Judgment Day. They've been running shot, and it's been... Clear to see if you've been watching WWE legitimately throughout the whole entire year. Now, for the character of the year for AEW, this is another controversial one. I'm going to go with Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Now, with Jungle Boy at the beginning of the year, 2023, he had a feud with Christian Cage. He was able to bury that. And then he started moving off into the AEW World Championship picture. He started to he started to see a little bit of Jungle Boy... Like, really contemplating, is he wanting to turn evil or not? Because MJF was talking to him and saying, Hey, I saw you as my equal, but then you just went about your own way. And we started to see that really get at Jungle Boy, even to the point that he was going to use the world championship. He dropped it, didn't use it. That cost him the championship at Double or Nothing. And then what he did next, he went after Sonata for the IWGP world championship at Forbidden Door. He loses that. And then he snaps, he goes off. On Hook, he changed his whole character, being the uh, Hollywood dickhead. And what did he do? He took the FCW title away from Hook, and he did the whole CM Punk business, which changed the whole business trajectory for AEW. So, if you don't see how that's the character of the year, I can't help you, but that's the reason why I'm giving Jungle Boy Jack Perry the character of the year for AEW. Uh, Likely to have a great 2024 In WWE, I say that's Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller, he had a great time at the beginning of the year in NXT. He did his business there. Then he got drafted to the main roster. And for a little hiccup, he was on the sidelines because he uh, tweaked his uh, foot in his last match with Carmelo Hayes on NXT. That's the reason why he wasn't able to wrestle in the main roster as soon as he got drafted up. But once he got drafted, it was... Uh, ready to go after his foot healed up in his first matchup was against who? Edge. Where? At Madison Square Garden. You knew right then and there that WWE had something in play for Grayson Waller. And Grayson Waller, he is a great guy to get people to hate him, get people to uh, really boo. And I think Grayson Waller going into 2024, he's going to have a great 2024. I think him, in theory, might even win the tag team titles. I think him, and theory, might even team up with Logan Paul to be this three-man dragon or three-man monster of influencers that could be the new uh, stable for them. Again, those three guys, I can see it, but we'll have to wait and see. But Grayson Waller, he's going to have a great 2024. For AEW, I say top flight. Uh, Dante Martin, Darius Martin, those two guys, AEW, I can see them having eggs in the basket for a top flight. I can see them having love for Top Flight. They have love for Dante Martin. They have love for Darius Martin. You see what they did when Darius was out and they gave Dante Martin like the time to really showcase himself. And now with Dante Martin being back with his brother Darius and even with the addition of Action and Dreddy, I can see those three being the three guys to lead up the trio's division or If you want to keep them as a tag team, I can see them being the tag team of the year for AEW this year if they can still remain just being healthy. And that's what I'm hoping for for them. So, top flight, I expect them to have a great 2024. Pay per view of the year. For WWE, I go with Money in the Bank. I did not give it to Backlash. I did not give it to WrestleMania because Money in the Bank, they're in London. The fans over there in London were crazy. They show love to everyone. You saw in that match with. The men, you saw them cheer for LA Knight. You saw them uh, get out of their feet when Ricochet and Logan Paul did their whole spot going into the table. You saw everybody give their all in that ladder match, uh, the women's ladder match. You saw them cheer for Io Sky when she won the briefcase. You saw them cheer whenever she... Uh, got Bailey handcuffed, I believe it was with Becky Lynch, in the latter, you saw when people just started to really lose their mind there, you saw when they lose their mind when John Cena said, hey, we trying to give, maybe we can get WrestleMania over there in London, the fans just start going stupid nuts for that, and also the big crescendo, you had Roman Reigns and Cola going against the Usos, the fans were all in for that, you had the fans Get at Roman Reigns so bad that Roman Reigns had to literally sit down on the ring apron and look at Paul and say, Why are we here? The English people here are so stupid. They're the stupidest fans I've ever seen. That was a great moment. And also, side note Roman Reigns just talking trash anytime is always great. Whether it be to his opponents in the ring or whether it be to the fans, always a great thing. But for that moment right there, it just made the match more special. And also, with Roman Reigns getting the pin, eating the pin from Jey Uso, and the fans loving that, the fans getting to see that, the fans exploding for that, the fans got to see Roman Reigns, this whole bloodline, whole business, just crumble right in front of them, that what made Money in the Bank to me, the pay-per-view of the year, while on the opposite end for AEW, it's Wrestle Dream. WrestleDream, Dream was everything that I would want it to be with their three biggest matches on that card. Starting off with Brian Danielson and Zack Saber Jr., two great technicians going at it back and forth. You had Moxley on commentary who was siding with Brian. You had uh Nigel McGuinness on commentary who was siding with Zack Saber Jr. You had the history of uh Nigel with Brian and Nigel's as being the ultimate Brian Danielson hater and just wanting Brian just to lose. You had Moxley constantly cheering for his man Brian, his blackpool comic club mate, and even cussing on the commentary uh desk, commentary sound, and you had Excalibur and uh I believe Taz saying swear jar every time. It was great. And even Moxley even tried to play it up by saying he's covering his mic to just get at Brian just to get at uh Zack Sabre Jr. again. That was a great moment. That match alone was great. Um, you had Swerve and Hangman Page going at it. Their first, like first match with one another. It was good. That put Swerve on the trajectory of where he is now. So without that match, we wouldn't get the trajectory of Swerve being on the cusp of being a main eventer for AEW. So that match right there alone was great. But. I'll get more into the next match soon between those two. And then you had the main event, the two out of three falls match between uh, Christian Cage and Darby Allen. Darby putting his body on the line as he does with the uh, getting body slammed off the ring apron onto the steel steps. Him putting his body just through a lot of hell. Christian Cage beating Darby. You got the swerve of Nick uh, betraying Darby and joining up with Christian Cage. You got the debut of Adam Copeland AEW. Again, Wrestle Dream was a great event, and that's the reason why I say Wrestle Dream was my uh, pay per view of the year for AEW. Match of the year for WWE, it was Cody Rhodes going against Roman Reigns, WrestleMania Night 2. I don't think any match was going to top that. I mean, you had other contenders. You had the Bad Bunny, Damian Priest at Backlash, with the fans invested, uh, a big gravitas of a moment it was for Damian Priest and Bad Bunny, but Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, that was supposed to be the crowning moment for uh, Cody, that everybody knew that Cody was supposed to win, at least in our hearts, we knew Cody was supposed to win, because Cody, his whole trajectory, his whole path was to him, go and finish the story, and we all knew he was supposed to win, that was what our mindset was apparently for wwe it was different cody has the big entrance he gets to get this moment in the sun he's main eventing he's doing something nobody in his family was able to do in their time he's wrestling for the wwe championship at main event of wrestlemania he gets to showcase his daughter i mean his daughter You got to see that moment of Cody having that, and then we get to see Roman Reigns getting that big boss, final boss type of entrance at WrestleMania, him and Cody doing a great match between one another, and then you had the interference from the Usos and Solo to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and all that stuff, the big dressing to go along with it, and then for Cody to lose Roman Reigns, and you see the fans be deflated after that. We say no, we didn't just witness that. That can't be. And then that's what it was. That was what you want in a WrestleMania style match. You want the fans to either be so happy the way that they were for Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, or you want them to be deflated in a shock of oh my god, the way that we got with Roman Reigns beating Cody Rhodes. That's what you want a WrestleMania main event. That's what you truly want. And that's what we got. So that's the reason why I say that's my uh, match of the year for WWE. AEW, I have Swerve, going against Hangman Page is their second match at Full Gear, the Texas Death Match. It was a bloody spectacle between the two, and I loved every single minute of it. I loved the blood from Swerve. I loved the blood from Hangman Page. I loved the interference from uh, Brian Cage. I loved that the fans were going stupid dumb for Nana and the freaking dance with the Swerve dancing girls at the beginning. Swerve got this big uh, style entrance. He even paid tribute to Bray Wyatt in his gear. Um, What also sent it over the edge for me was two things. Swerve Bleeding was one of them, because we got that spot where Heyman Page had Swerve's blood in his mouth, and he spit it into the air, and to see a black man bleed in wrestling is a rarity, you usually always see a white person bleed, or sometimes a Hispanic person bleed, you don't really ever see a black person bleed in wrestling, so when Swerve bled, that was something that was different, and I liked it, and I liked that Swerve choked out Heyman Page with a chain the exact same way that uh, Hangman Page did John Moxley at the beginning of the year when John Moxley and Hangman had their de- Texas Deathmatch at Revolution. So to come full circle, you die by the sword the same way that you lived by it at the beginning of the year, but you would die by it at the end of the year with Swerve choking you out with the chain. It was full circle for the Hangman right there. But it also this gave Swerve again, that main event push. This was the match that I feel that everybody said, oh, yeah, Swerve's ready. Make him world champion. Give him the championship. Let him run with it. And I just loved every bit of it. And also, you had the social media people talking about it. Everybody loved that matchup. Or people said that was too gruesome for them. I love seeing that fan engagement. So that's the reason why that was my AEW match of the year. And he had a whole lot of other honorable mentions. Mgf going against Brian Danielson and the Iron Man. You had the Elite going against House of Black for the Trio Championship at Revolution. You had the Four Pillars match between Darby, Mgf, Sammy, Jungle Boy. You had Punk and Samoa Joe at All In. You had Mgf going against Adam Cole at All In. I mean, there was a lot of other honorable mentions, but just for me, it's Swerve and Hangman at Full Gear. Uh, Women of the Year for WWE is kind of easy. Rhea Ripley. She's been on the mountaintop since the beginning of this year. She won the title away from Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, and she's been holding on to the title. She's been the juggernaut for WWE on the Raw side, and that's just what it is. It's now up to WWE to find out who's going to be the woman to beat over Rhea Ripley to get the title off of her. So that's what I want, like to see how they're going to continue with this. But Rhea Ripley, she is the woman of the year for WWE. There was nobody that was going to take that. Just being honest. Now, AEW is different, because as I said, AEW, their women's division, it went through ups and downs this year, and the only person I can see that I can give it to, truly, is Chris Statlander. Chris, Chris Statlander, she came in, beat Jay Cargill, who Jay Cargill was undefeated for all this time. Chris Statlander, she came in, beat Jay Cargill at double or nothing. She ends up giving Jay Cargill one of her best matches, and it's Jay Cargill's final match in AEW. And Chris Statlander was able to give that off to Jade and Jade hugs Chris and points at Chris saying that she's the girl to like run with in AEW and Chris Statlander, she defends the TBS championship. As I said, almost weekly, she ends up having uh, a few with Julia Hart, dropping the title to Julia Hart, giving Julia Hart that rub and Julia Hart now it's tough for her to carry that TBS championship. And now hopefully Chris will go after the women's world championship in 2024 but Chris, she's the woman of the year. And again, it was hard to pick anybody else but Chris Statlander because everybody else, it wasn't it wasn't a easy task. Because as I said, the women's division wasn't that really uh occupied up much. It wasn't really uh headlined that much, it wasn't really in the light that much. But Chris Statlander, she was the one lighting the beam to lead the women's division into Well, leading them out of twenty twenty three into twenty twenty four, at least for me. Now, the rest of the year for WWE, I'm going with Seth Rollins, the World Champion Seth Rollins. He has been on a run. He has did a lot of things in twenty twenty three. I didn't know this, but he has been in every single premium live event, uh, match. In WWE. He's been there. He In the Royal Rumble, he was in the Royal Rumble match. At Elimination Chamber, he was in Elimination Chamber. That's why uh, Logan Paul cost him the chance to be the U.S. Champion. Uh, he went against Logan Paul at... WrestleMania, to follow it up, he went against Omos at Backlash, then next up, he went against AJ Styles at Night of Champion for the World Heavyweight Championship, and then after that, you had the Money in the Bank, him and Finn Balor, then the SummerSlam, him and Finn Balor again, and then after that, you had, I believe, Fastlane, him and Shinsuke Nakamura, and then also another matchup of him and Nakamura, I believe it was another pay-per-view, I can't remember the other one, and then the Survivor Series, him and War Games. And then after that, you saw him lose his ever of mind because of CM Punk. So Seth Rollins, he has been the guy. And also, he's the guy that's still carrying the World Heavyweight Championship. He's the guy that is making the World Heavyweight Championship something greater. And he's trying to put it on the exact same prestigious level as the WWE Championship. So you got to give it to Seth before you can give it to anybody else. So that's the reason why I say he is WWE's Wrestler of the Year. Now, moving over to AEW's Wrestler of the Year. I'm going to give it off to MJF. You can't give it to nobody else but MJF here. The same things like a Rollins. MJF, he's been on, I believe, every single pay-per-view that AEW had this year. He went against Brian at Revolution to follow it up, double to nothing, the Fatal 4-Way. After that, he was um, Forbidden Door, him at Tanahashi. And then he did the all-in he started the night off at the pre-show, him and Adam Cole taking on Ozzy over for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And then he closed out all in, him and going against Adam Cole. And then he did the all-out, him and Adam Cole going against uh the I believe it was Dark Order. And then the following pay-per-view after that, it was him defending the freaking Ring of Honor tag titles by himself against the righteous. And then I believe we went to full gear, him. Again, just like I said, him and Samoa Joe defending the Ray Wonder tag team titles against the Guns, and then him going against Jay White, and now we're at World's End. Him going against Samoa Joe. And also, this year, you got to see MJF wrestle way more than he did in his whole entire uh, career in AEW. Like, legitimately, you got an MJF match, I'll say, on every single month, whether it be on Dynamite or Collision. Well, not collision, because the collision was later, but like on Dynamite, almost every month, you got to see an MGF match, and that's a rarity, because MGF, whole character is, A, I'm a smart guy, I like to preserve my body, I'm not going to wrestle when I don't have to wrestle, I'm getting paid anyway, what am I doing, why am I going to do this crap? But this year, he decided to say, you know what, I'm going to prove to everyone that I can wrestle. I'm going to prove everyone that I'm not just a guy that could talk on the stick, talk on the microphone. No, I'm going to showcase to you guys why you guys should not constantly trying to pick me as a guy that can't wrestle. You guys are idiots. I'm going to make you chew on those words and choke on them. And MJF was able to do that this year. Now, the biggest thing that people will say complain is, okay, his baby face or good guy run as champion hasn't been the best. Me, I have no problem with him being a babyface or good guy champion. I had no problem with this run right here that he's on, because you want to know why? It's MJF trying to turn a different leaf than his previous self, but still being a little bit of a scumbag, a little bit of a dickhead, still there, but he isn't as big of a scumbag and dickhead as he was whenever he rejects the people, whenever he came into AEW in the years after. He joined up with Adam Cole. Adam Cole has been teaching him the way of embracing the fans, embracing the love, embracing just people. And now with that being the case, MGF is being embraced. He's loving it, but he is facing his personal demons, his own personal devil, his own personal stuff that he's did to people previously. He, uh... Is that's just what it is with MJF. That's what we're in with MJF. The whole devil storyline is literally him doing what he did at all, I believe was all out last year in 2022. Whenever he had his guys go in there, take the chip and give it off to him so he could be the next person to freaking face uh, the AEW world champion at full gear. That's what MJF did. And that's what we have here. We have the Devils guys coming in here, taking away everything from MGF the same way that MGF took opportunities away from people last year at that All Out event. They're just long way storylining this instead of short storylining it the way that they did it All Out last year. So I have no problem with this. But again, you've seen a different facet of MGF here and he has been wrestling all across the board here and he's wrestling with a purpose. So again, for MGF, He is the wrestler of the year for AEW. Giving it all to someone else, again, for me, I couldn't do it. I see MJF being that guy. So that's the reason why he is the wrestler of the year for me. And those were just my personal opinions. Those were my awards that I gave out to the people. You can like it, cool. You don't like it, cool. But you got to respect it. Now, with that being said... This has been your wrestling highlights of the week presented by my two cents podcast host by G2. He is I and I am him. I want to let you guys know that I still will be giving you guys a Sunday episode tomorrow. Actually two of them because I'll be talking about the things that happened in the year 2023. The hot topics, the big headline issues that happened this year. And I will be giving you guys your AEW World's End review as well. So expect a double dose episode tomorrow on the Sunday episode now with that being said enjoy your saturday please enjoy yourself please don't uh get into any car wrecks please don't try to do anything stupid towards anybody just be safe out there because we're entering the new year and i want everyone to enter the exact same way that you came in but at least try to be a little bit better that's all i can say now with that being said i love you guys have a great day you'll hear from me later bye bye now